0: I know you have leftovers to get to, and I'm, I'm sensitive to it. I'm sensitive to it. <clears throat> In fact, bring them to my house. You don't need them at your house. This past week, we celebrated my personal favorite holiday. I don't, I don't know if you're even allowed to have a favorite holiday. You would think, well, you're, you're a preacher. It's got to be Christmas. Well, I mean, I'm all about Christmas, but <clears throat> and I'm all about gift receiving and giving. Um, It's one of my love languages, in fact, if you read the book, Uh, but my my favorite is Thanksgiving, and it's my favorite because a lot of reasons, but we get to come together as family. Our family gathered together um, Thursday, and we laugh, and we eat food, and then we laugh some more, and we play some games, and I mean, the guys beat the girls every time, and I I wasn't even going to bring that up, but I felt God was in that, Uh, so I needed to say it publicly, because, well, I have a microphone. So, uh, and then we we eat some more, and then we we get to, like, second dessert, and we laugh a little more, and and then Heather falls asleep, and and then what we usually do is, since 1997, Miss Kim started a tradition with our family, that she has a memento box, and it just says, you know, Burt Thanksgiving on it, and she's got a little card in it that tells why we do it, and it's just an opportunity for us to put some sort of memento in this box of something we've been extremely thankful for, Um, and it's just a good reminder as we go back and we look over the years and the stuff we've put in there, and I mean, it's it's been, can I, just, can I just say we're blessed? We're just blessed. Kind of like when I believe the Lord wanted me to do the if God could answer one prayer request thing we do on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving every year. I just think sometimes we, we use these big global statements that we're thankful Uh, And I certainly aren't arguing with that. And maybe your your gratitude list is so big that you just have to say that. And I get it. And I know it's a matter of the heart. But sometimes I think I think if we get specific in the things we're thankful for, those things will mean more. Um, We'll pay attention to those things a little differently, I think. And unfortunately, I know this is a global statement. I know there are exceptions to this, so don't get mad at me if it doesn't apply to you. But with, with the exception of just a few exceptions, I, I, I don't hear many people talking about being thankful outside of Thanksgiving. I, I mean, we might say we're thankful, and we might, in our corporate prayers, say thank you, you know, to God, and, and we should. I'm not wagging my finger at anybody. But, but I, I, and I'm not even implying you're not thankful, because I believe you are. I'm suggesting, though, we're missing a great opportunity a great opportunity to activate some very, very basic fundamental truths in God's Word that comes with being thankful. And I, and I know that if I did things like normal preachers would, we probably should have talked about this, you know, before now. But I, I, I process data a little differently. I, I don't question that you weren't thankful on Thursday. What I want you to do, though, leaving here today is how can being thankful and having a heart of gratitude, I mean, just open up opportunities for you and for me going forward? I want us to go to Psalm 100. It's a very familiar verse. You know it. And what I want to do is I want to look at some foundational principles in the Word of God. And I only have four, and they will go quick. And I'm, i Unless God leads, I don't have a giant altar call prepared. I don't have a giant ending where we're going to get all face down about it. If you want to, the altar's open and I'll stay till the last person leaves. I want to just challenge and encourage. I've said for many years, I, I, I want to be a part of a thinking church. I want to be a part of a church that's very intentional, very strategic, knows what they want and goes and gets it. As the Lord leads. So the first truth I want to look at today is this. Gratitude and thanksgiving is the door to God's presence. If you're taking notes, please write that down. Gratitude and thanksgiving is the door to God's presence. All the time. Every time. Any time. In Psalm 100, a very familiar verse, we see it clearly. Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with, say it please. Now everybody say it, with. Which simply just means giving thanks. I mean, it didn't say enter his gates on Thanksgiving. Although I hope you did. But it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise amen give thanks to him and praise his name now i don't have the next verse loaded wasn't planning to read it and then right before i came out here i just read that verse again thanking god for the opportunity to stand before you today and i just float into verse five so i'm going to say four and five together is that okay Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? For the Lord is good. <laughs> For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Aren't you glad? Forever. Forever. It's not conditional on how you act. It's not conditional on how you behave. It's not conditional on even how much you give thanks. His love endures forever. So we're not talking about cutting the limits of his love. We're talking about entering into his presence with thanksgiving. He says, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all, and this was what got me this morning. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. So you, you think your kid's jacked up. No, no. No, God's love and his faithfulness endures and is obvious and prevalent for all generations, but I want to be specific about entering into His presence. The verse said, "Enter into His gates with thanksgiving." Thanksgiving is the key to entering into God's presence, and this is where we lose sight of this principle. I think in the 21st century, um, and and I'm not. Uh, this probably is going to sound like an old man, you know, thing. But if you want to have a conversation with someone now, you pick up your iPhone, you pick up your iPad, you pick up your computer, whatever, you dial a number and boom, you see their face. Now, uh, Granted, it's not intimate, but I'm thankful for it, amen? I'm, I'm, I'm not anti-technology, I love it, clearly I love it. But we don't quite grasp the reality that in the time scripture was written, and, and I, I, at the risk of dating myself, And my whole life up until, you know, a a decade ago, if you wanted to talk to somebody face-to-face, you had to be in the same room. So you had to enter into their house, or they had to enter into your house, or you had to meet in a place, and you get together, and you have a conversation. Amen. And to do that, there had to be an access. I'll go over here. You have to have an access there has to have a key that turns to get you into the presence of whoever it is you want to have a conversation with. Are you still with me today? So turkey makes you sleepy for multiple days, not just on Thanksgiving. I feel you, Josh. I feel you, bro. Christians say all the time, and, and, and I'm, not, this is, I'm not being negative and I'm not being critical. I'm, I'm being very having a real conversation, a grown-up conversation with you. They say all the time that they wish they could hear God's voice. I've said it, I mean, I'm not, so I'm clearly not being condescending. Wish I could hear God's voice. Wish I I could be closer to him. I wish I could feel his presence. I wish, I wish, I wish. Could it be? And I'm making a suggestion. The problem is you haven't entered through his gates. And you haven't entered through his gates because the key is gratitude. The key is thanksgiving. The key is understanding that without him, we have nothing. Because he owns everything. You're like, well, I know a lot of people that don't love Jesus and have a lot of don't have they they got a ton of stuff, and they're not serving the Lord. Oh, please hear me, please hear me. That's going to burn someday. And just because they have stuff, don't mean they have joy, and have peace. Look, I, I love stuff. I'm 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 I mean I'm not I ain't anti stuff. Have you been to my house? Have you walked in my office? I'm not anti stuff. See, I don't mind having stuff, but stuff don't have me. And there's, it's not just semantics, there's a difference. There's a difference. Furthermore, I think when we come to him, one of the reasons we can have communication breakdown, now, again, if you start looking down and working on your phone, I'll get it, I understand. It's because when we come into his presence, usually the first thing we say is help. Usually the first thing we say is what God needs to do in a situation. When that isn't the formula, and I'm using that term tongue-in-cheek because there is no formula, but it isn't the key. It isn't the key. I'm going to say it again. It doesn't say we enter into his gates by screaming help. Somebody say amen. It doesn't say we enter his gates by screaming help. It says we enter his gates through gratitude. Gratitude. With thanksgiving in our heart and on our lips. And then once you've entered, say help. (laughs) Because he's there as a help. Amen. But help doesn't get us in his presence. Uh, If you start with thanksgiving every single day, start with it because that is how it changes you. It's how it prepares your heart to even receive. It even prepares your heart to... While you're giving thanks, coming into his presence, you begin, and you don't even mean to, but you begin to reprioritize the things you even came to him for in the first place. Because your list was huge. And then when you started giving thanks, well, that list seemed to shrink a little bit because the gratitude level just went up. Amen. And it ain't as bad as you thought it was. Come on, somebody say that. It's not as bad as you thought it was. Enter his gates with Thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise, so do that when you want to be in his presence, which I believe leads to another principle, and I think we need to realize it, and these hopefully will build upon themselves if I've done this justice at all. we got to realize about gratitude and thanksgiving. Yes, gratitude and thanksgiving is the door to God's presence, but gratitude brings freedom. I said gratitude brings freedom, because with, if, 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 with gratitude, you enter into the presence of God, which is what you want to do where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom so thanksgiving and gratitude brings freedom spiritual freedom emotional freedom are you with me relational freedom physical freedom and the bible talks about this a lot over and over again and i won't give you all the verses even that i've put together but One of the stories that exemplifies how gratitude and thanksgiving brings freedom. I want to look at a man that you know the story of, and I love to keep it simple. I want to look at Jonah. Jonah had a problem. Amen. Jonah had it good and didn't know he had it good. And then when God asked him to do something, the prophet of God went the opposite direction. He was a prophet, and... God asked him to go to the city of Nineveh. You know the story, so I won't unpack the whole thing. It represents today. It's actually the present-day city of Mosul in Iraq, but it it was in, in our lifetime. It was a stronghold for ISIS years ago, which I think is interesting, but I'll keep my opinion to myself. But Jonah didn't want to go. Jonah didn't want to go, so he went the other way. He didn't like the city, didn't like the people, and didn't like that God asked him to do what he asked him to do. And when you run from God, you'll end up in bondage. You know, if you could see my notes, you'd see sometimes things are bolded. Those bolded things are the ones I really want you to grab. So I'm going to do that again, okay? <clears throat> So he didn't like the people. He didn't like the city. So you know, got to know this. When you run from God, you'll end up in bondage. Hey, there you go. All right. All right. I can always count on this section right here in the back there. They got, my, they got me because a bunch of preachers sit over there. They understand. So he ran the other way. Long story short, he ended up on a boat. You know it. He was thrown overboard, ended up inside of a fish's belly. Paused. Pause. The Bible is not boring, <laughs> to say the least, huh? So he ends up in the fish's belly, and there's a whole new level of problems now on board with this. And uh, I, I respect that you have problems, I have problems. Well, I have problems, but the whole new ballgame exists when the, now you have problems, and now you're, you're confined, and you're in bondage, and now you can't do anything about your problems. And then we read that Jonah... Inside the belly of the fish said this in Jonah 2 9. Your Bible says, but I will shout, but I with shouts of, say it again, grateful pray. So I, where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? He's in the belly of a fish. Done, messed up. In the belly of a fish. My, 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 my dude, he's just messed up. Like me, and well, not you, but like me. And he says, But I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, Salvation comes from the Lord. But I want you to notice what he opened with. He opened with shouts of gratitude, praise for what God had done. Now you have to understand that his perspective was not good. It wasn't good when he was in that. He wasn't good when he got called. He wasn't good when he got thrown overboard. His perspective wasn't good when he got in the belly of the fish. And then three days he stayed in there. Three nights he stayed in there. And he's like, you know what? I got some things to be thankful for. This is, I know we're hard on Jonah. But this, this, this is a lesson for all of us. With shouts of grateful praise. With shouts of grateful praise praise Jonah give thanks to God not because of his circumstances in his circumstances not because he knew he would even get out but in the reality of the walls were literally closing in on him he gave shouts 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 what did it sound like inside of a belly of a fish to shout praises Mm, I don't know but I know it upset the whale He gave thanks, which means he entered into the presence of God. And when you enter into the presence of God, anything is possible. Even this, verse 10, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Praise and gratitude brings freedom. It not only enters you and is the door to God's presence, it also is the key to freedom. Number three, gratitude is a choice. Gratitude is a daily choice. A daily... I mean, we got to be honest. We don't make the right choice every time. And I know, I know what we say to our friends over coffee and maybe to our spouse that, you know, I just need to vent a little bit. Do you, though? How about taking that energy and that effort and that breath that God gave us to maybe first start with what we're thankful for? You're like, well, that's just unrealistic. Is it though? Is it though? Because if it's how we enter into his presence and if it brings freedom and if it's a choice, oh, I want to err on the side and I want to choose the choice of being in his presence And giving him praise and thanks for what he's done in my life, regardless of what it looks like at the time. So it's a daily choice. And to illustrate this, I want us to look at a a guy that again, you know this you know these characters. Guy by the name of Daniel. We look at his story in Daniel chapter six. He was born into a noble life, he really was, but he became enslaved as just a teenager. And I know you know the story, but he was exiled from his homeland. He cut off from his family, and he was trained to assimilate into, they thought he was going to assimilate into the Babylonian culture. And, but David decided he was going to follow God. Amen. Amen. But he wasn't just going to follow God. He was going to follow God with his whole heart, and he continually just distinguished himself apart from everyone else during all the stuff that was going down around him. In fact, the rise and fall of kingdoms, Daniel stayed consistent. Coming and going, Daniel stayed consistent. Then the Persian king wanted to promote Daniel to, to the second highest position in all the kingdom. And the other officials, they conspired to take Daniel down. Isn't jealousy an ugly thing? Conspired to take Daniel down. So they convinced King Darius to put a decree out. And you know it. It's irrevocable. It was an edict that could not be changed. You pray to the king or you go to the lion's den. Well, Daniel wasn't having it. With his life at risk, Daniel could have gave up, gave out. He could have gave in. He could have done anything. He could have said, you know what, it's not going to hurt this one time. He could have said things like, you know what, this ain't fair. After all I've done for you, God. He could have got mad, but instead he stayed faithful. In Daniel 6, verse 10, powerful verse to me. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home, to his upstairs room with the windows open toward Jerusalem 3 times a day he got on his knees and prayed giving thanks giving thanks to his God just as he had done before do you understand what was in front of him lions were in front of him death was in front of him but instead he went he, that did not sway him from being faithful because he made a choice that he was going to be thankful and have gratitude to God regardless of his circumstance and his situation. And you know the story. You know they pulled the cover off the hole and Daniel was alive. And I don't know how you learned the story. I learned it on the greatest teaching tool ever, flannel graph. And he laid his head down on that lion. And I don't know if he did or not, But I know this, I mean, the way they played it out, I was like, he wasn't scared of those things. No, because he knew that giving thanks brought him into the presence of God and he knew in there, there was freedom, amen. I'd love to know what Daniel was thanking God for. I thought about this as I was preparing. What did Daniel thank God for? Because if you know the story, my dude did not get a good break. You're like, well, he didn't die. No, I'm talking about the changes that happened in his life. It just didn't go 100% great for him. We know the end of the story, but in the middle of things, what did he give thanks to God for? I thought about it. I thought, well, he probably gave thanks to God for provision. Amen. Amen. Did you know you can do the same? Provision? You're like, Jeff, you have no idea what I need. And you have no idea what you have. And I'm so not downplaying it. Please don't misquote me. Certainly don't mishear me. But we can give God thanks for provision. We're filling our lungs up with air. He might have gave God thanks for his faithfulness at every turn. Without any idea how things were going to turn out. You know, you can do the same. You know, you can give God thanks even though, man, the way you want to respond is not with thanksgiving. It's, you know, waiting behind a bush somewhere, getting ready to fix the problem. Are you with me? Oh, I'm the only one that thinks like that. Cool, 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 cool. But you know what? He just trusted God. Did Daniel get angry? I don't know. Does Jeff get angry? You bet. Does Jeff get confused? You bet. Does Jeff sometimes wake up in the middle of the night trying to figure something out? You bet. But if I've learned anything since 1983 when I came to know Jesus Christ, it's this He's never let me down. And so I have nothing to fear. So people can come in the front door and go out the back. I'm good. And it's not that I don't care about people. Clearly, here we are. Amen? (laughs) It's not that. The reality of it is clear, though. God's got me. He's got my family. He's got this church. God's got this. And I found myself, it's been a few weeks ago now, just something I was, it was just on my heart. It was heavy on my heart. I get up and I'm, I'm thinking about. I'm playing scenarios out. Anybody play scenarios out in their head? Is it just me? Okay, yeah, me and Tom. We play scenarios out. Candice plays. I know you play. Scenarios, you're too much like me. We play scenarios out in our head, right? If then, a bunch of if then statements. I'm a computer programmer. If then, if then. If this happened, then else. <laughs> and I got convicted by God, convicted. And I began to thank Him. And that was the heart of why we're talking about this. The reason this came to be, and the reason I just started going to Scripture is because I don't have to have a reason to thank Him, but sometimes I've got to have Scripture to back up what I do. And I just began to thank Him. And I'm telling you, it just began, that that problem, that thing that was just weighing me down, began to lessen and lessen and lessen. And I'm telling you, the Son, He's going through The next thing I know, it was three hours later, I slept like a baby. I don't know what all he prayed about. Maybe God's goodness, no matter what the situation looked like. We read in Psalm 100, allow me to read it again, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Maybe Daniel just believed that enough to go ahead and thank him for that, even though he was going to get put down in a hole with a bunch of lions think about it even if God hadn't rescued Daniel all of these things were true of God that he would have thanked him for even if things don't work out like I think they'll work out in my life it doesn't change all that that it's true all the things about God that I'm giving him thanks for and praise for and showing gratitude towards is still true he's still good he still provides he's still faithful it doesn't matter doesn't change my responsibility to give thanks. But true to the king's command, you know the story. He was thrown in, but he emerged not only alive, he emerged without a scratch. I'm thinking his faith might have increased. Amen. How about one more? Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 14. Jesus gave thanks. Before there was ever enough. I'm going to say that again. Jesus gave thanks before there was ever enough. Matthew 14. See, we're talking about making gratitude just a daily choice. And I just, again, I'm just wanting to encourage you to recognize the things you have in your life to be grateful for. And to really focus on it daily. Daily. Make the choice to do that. In Matthew 14, Jesus gave thanks before it was enough. He was about to feed the 5,000. He was grieving deeply. He just had learned about John the baptizer. He was beheaded. I know you know the story. He was grieving. He was weary. He was tired. He had to get away to a quiet spot, away from his disciples, just to rest and talk to his father. But the crowds followed him, and they were hungry. So Jesus had great compassion. Jesus had great compassion. He taught for hours. Then this happened in Matthew 14, verse 19 and 20. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish. The five loaves and two fish. Now, see, this is important because he gave thanks before it was ever enough. He made a choice. give thanks five loaves two fish looking up to heaven he gave thanks broke the loaves gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave them to the people verse 20 they all ate and they were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over let me tell you some good odds okay the odds are 100 percent that god will meet your need write it down settle it log it away draw a line through it because you don't even need to go back to that anymore The odds are 100% that God will meet your need in every circumstance, but it's a daily choice if we're going to be thankful or not before it happens. It's a choice. It's a choice. So gratitude and thanksgiving, it's the door to God's presence. It brings freedom. It's a daily choice. Let me end with this, number four. Choosing gratitude means you have to let go of something else. embracing gratitude means you have to let go of something else it could be worry it could be the pressure the stress you know gratitude and grudges can't coexist i need to say that again gratitude and grudges cannot coexist one will kick the other out and it's kind of up to us to decide which one we're going to meditate on amen and i know i'm talking like i got this figured out i do not but i want to trust and believe the word of god amen when we let go of what we want to keep in our lives when we let go of what we don't want to keep in our lives we have the open hands to receive the blessings of god amen if you want to live a life of gratitude you might have to let go of a few things jeff wado well maybe bitterness maybe bitterness against your parents maybe siblings maybe your old pastor maybe church leaders, maybe an ex, whatever it is, you might have to let go of some bitterness to choose and embrace gratitude. Because that, listen, that root of bitterness will choke out every, every seed of gratitude in your life. And you know what? I ain't telling you nothing you don't know. I'm just reminding all of us, including myself, that it might be bitterness. Maybe it's a grudge, Maybe you're just waiting on somebody to say they're sorry. They may never say they're sorry. So why don't you let it go to choose gratitude, amen. Maybe it's disappointment towards God. We've all been there. I've been very open about my disappointment for, uh, to God whenever my mother passed away. Oh, we had it out. Spoiler alert, he won. Because he always wins. But can I tell you what he used to get that victory in my life? Reminded me of how thankful I should be for the time I had with mom. Why me, God, if I said that once on the way from my father's house to my house on that Sunday morning? If I said that once, I bet I said, come on, God. What else do I got to do? I said, why me? I say, why not you? I understand this being disappointed with God, but listen, when you let that go, oh, you can embrace gratitude. You can embrace a heart of thanksgiving. Listen, maybe you're disappointed because he didn't answer a prayer. That was my case. Man, I had people all over this country praying for my mother. She had cancer, and it just ravished her body. Everybody came in. They were laying hands on her and We were anointing her with oil, and man, I was doing everything I knew to do. I was calling people I didn't even like to pray for her because I knew they could pray. (laughs) I'm praying for my prayers for crying out loud. God, you heard my prayer, right? God, you know that prayer I prayed. Can we make this happen? Here's what I know. He answered my prayer. My mama was healed, and she was whole. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Would you give me just a couple of minutes to talk about God answering prayer? Because I, just, I, I feel like we might have somebody listening to this either in this room or online that's struggling right now with God being a little disappointed in a prayer that you've offered up that you're still waiting on an answer for. I understand. But you know, God has promised to answer every prayer you pray. Now stay with me, okay? It's the timing that gets weird for us. Furthermore, I'm pretty entitled sometimes, and I don't do well with no. But Pastor Dwayne reminded me through his message be careful what you asked for last week. Oh, I have example after example after example. We don't even have time today for me to give you examples that if God would have given me what I was asking him for, I'd be ruined, ruined. Do you hear me? Ruined. So sometimes the answer is no, and other times it's just not now. And I'm bringing it up because if we'll maintain an attitude and a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude those answers are a little easier to receive because we've allowed room for it, because we're embracing the, the gratitude and letting go the bitterness, the disappointment. You get the idea. He says, You got it. You got the prayer right, Jeff, but you got the timing wrong. And it's always God's timing, amen. And what's interesting is Jesus, Jesus. Jesus Christ, God the Son, he got a no in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a game changer if you'll just, if you'll just embrace this. If God's going to tell Jesus no, I mean, I'm Jeff Burke, right? You with me? I mean, I'm a nobody. <laughs> and if he's going to... Father, if there's any way this can pass for me, can we do it that way? Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, I'm down with this. If there's any way this cup can pass for me. As a dad, let me talk to you, dads for a minute. What would you have done? I get it. I got this. And then dads usually reach in and grab their wallet at that point. But... God was silent. God was silent. That prayer, the answer to that prayer was no. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't take as long to bring it around as I do (laughs) because he said in the same sentence, nevertheless, your will, do you see the difference? Nevertheless, your will, not mine. Jesus Jesus prayed it would pass from him, and it didn't. Can I pause there and say, aren't you glad that the answer was still that Jesus had to go to the cross? We're here today celebrating the love and the salvation of Jesus Christ because the answer was no. So I've got to go on record saying no is not a bad thing. No, as the answer to your prayer is not a bad thing. Oh, it's disappointing. I get that. But you got to understand when you choose gratitude, it's also a conscious disappointment that you've got to let that disappointment go because they can't coexist. We hold on to stuff. Amen. We hold on to grudges. We hold on to disappointment. We hold on to bitterness. We hold on to anger. I get it. But if we would just let it go and we just throw it off, it gives us so much more room to introduce the blessing of thanksgiving. You're like, "Well, Jeff, is that so important?" It is, because it's the gateway to God's presence and it brings about freedom. And isn't that what we need? Allowing us to enter into his presence. So let me close. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not looking for a commitment to me. I'm not even looking for a response to this message. I'm really not. This is If you've ever taught, if you're, if, you've, if you're a preacher, if you're an instructor in any way, sometimes the hardest things to know how to accomplish is how to get out of something. And I don't know how to get out of this message. So I've prayed about it and prayed about it, and I really feel like this is how the Lord wants me to get out of it. If you need to make a commitment to the Lord in this area of gratitude? Because honestly, of all the, of all the foundational principles in the scripture, it's, the church talks about probably that less than anything. And I'm not sure I understand why that is. But if you just want to pray with me as I pray and just believe it, that God, I want to do that, I want to let go of whatever I need to let go of, I want to choose gratitude, I want to be more Intentional. I want to be strategic in that. I, I want to step into the presence of God, and I know to do that, I've got to enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. and to, I, I, I want a stronger experience when I'm in your presence. I don't want to come in screaming help. I want to come in, and I want to just first just give you thanks. If that's something God has spoke to you about right now, I just want you to open up your heart to him, because we're just going to pray about it. It's not a matter of raise your hand. I, I, I mean, you, God sees your heart. I, 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 I need you, though. I need you to, to just consider that this ain't a one and done. It's a daily choice to be thankful. Thankful. a daily decision as soon as your eyes open in the morning to give thanksgiving. If this is an area that you do need to work on, no, let me rephrase that. If this is an area you need God to just fix in your life right now, just agree with me as we pray. Father, we just, we're humbled that you would even hear our prayer. God, this spiritual principle of gratitude. God, forgive us. Forgive us for how little we consider it. Forgive us for. Forgive us for failing to recognize. That you have not changed. That you will always be faithful. Your love will endure forever. Your goodness, your mercy, your grace, it is everlasting. And God, we, we need you. We've tried this on our own and failed miserably, so we need you to remind us we need you, God, to just take away the things in our life that are the roadblocks from us being able to recognize the good and the faithfulness of God. We're sorry for what we've made this, God. We're sorry that we've tried to enter into your presence and through your gates and your courts with anything other than praise and gratitude. You don't owe us. You don't owe us a conversation. You don't owe us FaceTime. You don't owe us anything. But we have access. and We fumble around with the wrong key God, I thank you. I thank you that we can choose to walk in freedom. You've given us that power. Church, we just we just take a few minutes. And just begin to thank God. And I know there's going to be room for prayer for your circumstance. And I'll never downplay that. And I will always give it the attention it deserves. But right now, right now, will you just thank him? Will you just thank him? Thank you, Jesus. the risk of holding you under a microscope, I need to give you my perspective from my vantage point. Some of you, your countenance has changed since you started giving thanks. Now, it wasn't that you were mean-mugging me the whole time, but your countenance changed. Your shoulders softened. few of you, you just took a big, deep breath. Gratitude changes us. I want to publicly say thank you to my church family I'm grateful for you. Miss Kim and I are so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your friendship. I'm grateful for your faithfulness to God. I'm grateful. I, I, words fail me to even be in, to thank you for your faithfulness to God and his word and his work. See, 21 years ago today, Family and a couple friends. We joined together in my basement the Sunday after Thanksgiving, November 26, the year 2000. And we unleashed the vision that God had given us to start the church. And first and foremost, I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to my wife and my kids who believed in that vision. But you can't be a good leader without good followers. Otherwise you're walking alone. Amen. I know that. I recognize that. And I'm so thankful that even though it looks a little different now and I'm I'm so glad. I'm grateful for Pastor DeWayne, who believed in division. And in the middle of a stinking pandemic, we were willing to start a brand new work. And we merged together, and we've accomplished more now than I ever thought we could. And I want to be the voice of reason and say, and the best is yet to come. And I believe that. I'm grateful to every single one of you every single week who love others by Loving on the children here. Our children's ministry under the direction of Pastor Chancy and his beautiful wife, Holly. They... Thank you. Thank you for every volunteer. Whether you're wiping noses, wiping bottoms, or, or just tossing goldfish on the floor for them to pick up. We don't do that. I'm just kidding. Well, I do when I'm down there every third Sunday, so you talk to your kids about that. I'm thankful for the service you give to the kingdom of God. I'm grateful for you to the least among us. Amen. I'm thankful for the prayers you've given me and my family through the ups and downs. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your generosity to increase the work of God. I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful that you invite people to come and be a part of what God's doing here and get them under the sound of the gospel. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you understand that the church doesn't need walls. Oh, but we are very intentional when we do come here. I've probably said this to half of the people in this room. I want to say it to all of you. Especially those of you that Serve behind the scenes and offer words of encouragement. My daddy was a dad and a man that was full of gratitude. My dad was an encourager. My father didn't receive compliments well. And when my father would stand before groups of people to tell them that he loved them and that he was grateful, my father would say, all I can say is thank you until you're better paid. So thank you until you're better paid. Payday's coming. Let's live life, a life of gratitude and thanksgiving until we get home. Amen and amen. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you would draw people to you. Here today, and you're watching online. Maybe I need you to know that the Creator of the universe, the God of heaven and earth, of yesterday, today, and forever, He sent His only Son to die for you. No, 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 no. You understand? He loved you, and loves you now that much. And you might think you're too upside down that. You've got to get some things straightened out. He loves you right where you are. He couldn't love you any less. He couldn't love you any more. He loves you, period, because He is love. And maybe you're here struggling with that heart of gratitude because you haven't received the greatest gift ever, and that is the forgiveness of your sin. See, that's why Jesus came to pay the price for my sin and your sin so Jesus was arrested falsely and illegally they beat him beyond recognition and they hung him on a cross they chunked that cross down in a hole and it jarred every bone in his body eventually he bowed his head and he died And he paid the sin price. He was the sacrifice, the spotless lamb that died in my place and in yours. Well, they put him in a grave. Hell thought they won. They threw a lamb in, but a lion rolled the stone away. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he can conquer whatever it is that's in front of you. You want a real reason to be thankful. As plain as I can put it, come to Jesus right now. Let him change your outlook, change your life. Forgive you of your sin. Put on a brand new path. Your Bible says that he makes all things brand new. Old things are passed away. Going forward, you're a different person. No bells, no whistles, no thunder, no lightning. Oh, but you know the change happens. If you're here and that's what you need to do, I would do you a disservice if I didn't give you that chance. Jeff, I need my relationship with Jesus Christ made complete. I don't even know how to be completely grateful because I struggle with me. I get in my own way. Today, I die to myself. I ask Jesus Christ to forgive me my sins. Come in. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I'll start on a journey with him starting right now. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Saved. Whether you prayed that once, twice, repeated somebody when you were five in a Sunday school class, doesn't matter. Today is the beginning of the rest of your life with Jesus. Jeff, that's me. Shoot your hand up in the air right now. We're going to pray. Just put your hand up. We're going to pray right now. God bless you. Thank you, dear. God bless you, dear. God bless you, son. I'm proud of you. That took courage. Who else? God bless you. Proud of you. Thank you. That took courage. Who would join these four and say, you know what? I need to end this. Year. God bless you, son. I'm proud of you. Shot that hand up like he meant it. Man, you made my day. Who else? God bless you, dear in the back. Thank you. Who else? Who else? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I can't do this anymore. I got to be done with this. I need Jesus. Who else? God won't let me go on. There's somebody else. I won't beg but also won't rush my God. Who else? Who else? God bless you. (laughs) Here's what I believe. I believe for you to even make that step, to make that move, to say, I need Jesus. Oh, the work's already started. I'm just going to help you put some words to what you're feeling right now. Would you just believe this in your heart? Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Take my life over. I need you. I'm desperate. Save me, rescue me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I know I'm a sinner. I need you. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Replace this old stony heart with a brand new heart of flesh. God, I trust you. I believe you when you say if anyone calls upon the name of the Lord to be saved, they will be saved. I believe that. And I will live accordingly. I believe you when you say if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe that. I believe that today. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Oh, but God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you to lead me, guide me, direct me. I cannot do this on my own. I will fail. So I surrender my life to you. And I make you the Lord of my life. I take myself off the throne of my heart. And I put you in your rightful place. You are my God. And I am your child. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. If you made that decision today, I'm going to need you. I I don't need you to. I would like for you to take that connection card. Just just let me know. I want to know how to pray for you. If you need anything, if you need a Bible you need prayer, if you need to talk to me or Pastor Dwayne or one of the other pastors of this church, put it down there. We want to help you on your journey. Just give us whatever information you want about you, name, phone. If you need us a contact, you will need a way to do that. But just please let us know what God did in your life today. Hey, thank you. Thank you for your attention. Don't forget Friday night, right? Right, right? Friday night, worship night, baptism. Let's do this, huh? I love you guys. Wednesday night, deep in. Have a great week. God bless.